if it was in a hot pink Comic Sans font, they might think twice about hiring her as their brand designer. Oh God, <laughs> that even makes me, that, that makes me cringe. everyone and welcome to the Imperfect Company podcast. I'm Mariah and I'm Arlena. Today we are recording this intro in basically real time. We have had some crazy weather on my end in the Milwaukee area that has caused us to be a little bit delayed uh, with (laughs) recording this. Usually we like to give it at least a week and Arlena has time to edit. Today we're doing it literally I don't even know how many hours, 12 hours, like 16 hours before the episode comes out. Yeah. So it's going to be a quick turnaround. And so because of that, we're going to do a little bit of a quicker intro than some of our episodes, especially recent ones where we've been (laughs) rambling a lot have had, but hopefully you guys understand and will bear with us. Uh, I'm sure all of you know that especially, I mean, I hate using back to school as an excuse because neither of us are in school and we don't have kids. So it literally doesn't affect us at all. I totally feel that though, because I don't know if it's because both of us are still like kind of young. So we're not like that far out of school, but maybe we're still in that mindset that like, you know, like August, when it turns August, it's like, oh, the end of the summer and you want to get everything that you want to do out of the way before you start school again, even though we don't have to start school. So there's no real rush, but there is kind of that like feeling of being rushed because the warm weather is ending. And especially here in Wisconsin, like it's going to be summer for like the next month, maybe. And then all of a sudden it's going to be winter. Yeah. I think that's a really good point though, because this is the first year, you know, I went from being out of school to then eventually becoming a college instructor. So I still had like the back to school blues, you know, in August and getting ready for a semester. Um, and this is my first August in the last two years, three years, um, where I'm not going back to school teaching either. So I think you're right. Um, and Adam and I are finally under the same roof. Woo. That's so exciting. (laughs) Um, and so I think that's the other thing that's just been crazy on our end is moving him down from Maryland to our house in Alabama and unpacking him. And we bought gym equipment and like have like a little corner of our garage that we set up as a home gym and just a lot of like different things that I kind of was like putting off until he was here. Like, um, you guys can't see us on video, but Mariah and I can see each other. And behind my big old head on the zoom screen is a pegboard hung up with accessories and things on my office in it, which is so exciting. I got a pegboard when I was living in Kansas and I absolutely love it. I have ADHD. And so part of that is like, I just forget about things if I put them in drawers and like never look at them again, but I hate looking at mess at the same time. So it's like, I love like closets and drawers and cabinets and like things where I can put things in. And as long as I know where they go, then I tend not to forget about them. But I feel like with like the hodgepodge of art supplies that I have collected, um, I tend to, I don't know, like realize like, oh crap, I forgot. I you know bought this new paint or got these new brushes or whatever it is. Um, and so I love having the pegboard for especially things that I use really commonly. Uh, for example, I have like different types of scissors or vinyl cutting accessories, as well as like a roll of paper towels and some different pens I reach for frequently or acrylics I reach for frequently frequently. And it's just so nice to have that in front of my face, not just 
because of the reasons I've already mentioned, but also because it frees up drawer space when I do that. And then I can put other things in drawers. So yeah, I did a poll on my Instagram story the other day to see if people wanted to learn more about how I did my pegboard, because it was a lot more affordable than I originally thought it was going to be. And I've been really happy with it. So I have a couple of new accessories, uh, like shelves and things that I bought to add to it. And once those are done, I'm definitely going to do a blog post or like a little IGTV situation. So I can kind of go over what I've done and, and how I use it. Yeah. I wish I had enough wall space for like a big pe- pegboard like that. Cause I'm the same way. I like seeing things and like, I have things out of my desk, but I wish I could get them to like hang, but I have like the nice Ikea thing behind me. I can see a lot of my things, but I've been trying to de-stash a little bit of my stuff and going through everything's kind of fun. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I had that. Like maybe I should use that. And then it kind of gets my creative brain going. Yeah. I'm also like a serial hobby hopper. I think I might've mentioned this in our intro episode. I can't remember or not, but, uh, growing up and well, I actually, I don't know if it was so much as growing up as like, maybe like the last, like decade or two of my life where I kind of like hopped hobbies and like, I'd be really interested in something and I'd go all in for a while. And then I'd be like, eh, I'm a little bored. Like, let me try this other thing. Um, and lettering is something that I have like consistently stuck with probably longer than most hobbies I, I ever stuck with in my life. Um, and I think there's a reason for that. Uh, but I just think like art in general, especially it's so addictive to, well, I shouldn't say art, I guess anything creative (laughs) to me, at least it is so addictive to be like, wow. Okay. So I'm getting really used to these watercolors. I want to try out acrylic and I've, you know, got really into acrylic painting at the beginning of COVID, not for my business, but just for myself. And then the other day on TikTok, I was like down a rabbit hole of water soluble oil paints, which is, (laughs) you know, almost the same thing as acrylics, but not quite. But I was like, Ooh, well, what if I just got a primary set, then I could make all of the colors. Um, but I, you know, that is, I'm not going to right now because I need, I need to focus. I think that's my problem is right before we started recording, we were talking about like moving everything in. And I was talking about how my office is a crazy mess right now because I'm trying to find space for all the rest of my supplies and stuff. And I think it's because I also do a little bit of hobby hopping. And so I have so many things for so many different hobbies that I don't necessarily need out in my space, but I want to keep for if I want to go back to that hobby. And uh, so now I have just like so much stuff and nowhere to put it. So I think that I probably need to get rid of some stuff, but I also am kind of a hoarder when it comes to art supplies. Like I can't like it, like hurts my heart to try to get rid of stuff that I could possibly use in the future. I feel like we need to do an entire episode on how we, uh, like, how am I trying to say this? I guess like an entire episode on how we like nurture our creative sides outside of our business, because I feel like that's really important. And I think that's something that, um, is a little bit harder. Like when you are monetizing something that used to be a hobby and, um, especially when you're somebody who loves different parts of art and different parts of creative, um, just creating in general, you know, it can be harder to like step away from, I guess I have moments in my head where I'm like, okay, Oh, I love this painting. Like I should sell it. And it's like, no, okay, Arlena, you could, Mm -hmm. I guess, but you don't have to sell it. Like you can create just to create. That is actually a really good idea for one. It's like, people always say that, that it's like monetizing your joy and, uh, some things are meant to be monetized and you can feel that. And then, but sometimes you don't want to monetize everything. And like, that's how I have, it's like, um, I do embroidery and I do macrame and that kind of stuff. I don't sell. I'm not like that. It's like, I'm good at it, but I'm not like amazing at it. And it's more just like when I need to step away from 
you know, because calligraphy I monetize and design I monetize. So I think it's a good idea. I think we should definitely should do a whole episode on it. I agree. I'm really glad it came up because I think it's going to make for a great episode. So watch out in the next few weeks, y'all. We'll be sure to, once we record it, we'll post it on our Instagram. So if you're not already following us at Imperfect Company, be sure to follow along there so you can stay up to date and see all of the amazing posts that Mariah is 100% of the time behind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It can be hard sometimes. So Uh, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day being like, working on social media and trying to come up with creative things. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Social media burnout is real. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, you can go back to one of our first couple episodes in the boundaries episode. We talk a little bit about setting boundaries with our phones um, when you own a creative business and a business that thrives on social media. Um, And with all of this discussion on episodes, I think we should just go ahead and get right into today's episode. And we are talking all about branding. Today, we're talking about branding and why it matters. Mariah is a branding expert and my background is in marketing. So we both have a lot of feelings to share with all of you. Um, And I'm really excited, but I know this is going to be a longer episode. So I just want to go ahead and jump right into it. Mariah, what is a brand to you? Well, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions that a brand is just your logo. And I'm here to tell you that that is not true. Your brand is literally everything that connects to your business. Like your logo is obviously one of those things, but also it can be your brand voice, any symbols, any colors, um, a tagline you use. Literally anything can be part of your brand, and that's why it's so important to focus on it and put together a brand when you first start a business because that'll help keep you connected and give your clients something to recognize you from. I think you bringing up the word recognize is absolutely perfect for what a brand really is because it's how a customer perceives you, right? When you see the golden arches, you know exactly what that means, right? Like you know that you're you see a McDonald's in the distance and you want to get off on this exit or whatever it is. But the golden arches aren't the only thing that you recognize about McDonald's. Yeah, I mean obviously the golden arches are going to be your first instinct. It's the logo is what people probably are going to see the most, but also you think about you know, their mascots. So Ronald McDonald is the most common one, but I don't even know if they use their other ones anymore. Like in the nineties, they had all, you know, like the Hamburglar and stuff like that. Right. Like on the playground. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if they even use it anymore, but whatever. That's another thing about branding though. Branding evolves, but also with McDonald's for, as an example, uh, the noise that you hear, the music that they use in all of their ads, the like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, noise. Uh, That's also an example of branding and that instant recognition you have because, you know, they use it over and over again and they've made it kind of a part of their brand. I used to always emphasize this with my students that it is more than a logo because I think so often, uh, especially when you're in the beginning stages of starting a business, you end up with decision paralysis where like you have so many decisions to make and you may have fully fleshed out your concept, but you haven't really begun selling or finding your true niche as you develop your brand and add to your product line or add to your services, whatever it is that you're doing. But I think so often people like don't want to launch until they figure out their logo and they're like, well, you know, I just want to wait. We actually touched on this a little bit a few episodes ago because I was emphasizing that although the more into business you get, you know, obviously it can be more costly to replace packing materials and, and packing cards and things like that.
like that if you buy those things in bulk, but you can always change your logo and you can always refine your brand and add to it and develop it as time goes on. So although we're going to be talking in this episode a lot about why your brand matters, don't let one piece of the brand hold you back because remember it's about how it all comes together. And part of that is a learning process. So with branding, yes, you do kind of start with your logo and your business name. That's part of it, part of your branding too, um, because obviously you need your uh, business name in order to create a logo. But like Arlena said, it can be really, it's, it's really not that hard to evolve those things and to change it as you grow. I think maybe a good word or a good way to look at it too is like, think about it as being fluid, right? It's always moving. It's always evolving. And whether that's your brand voice and how you talk to your customers or the specific type of emoji you like to use in your captions, you know, that stuff changes over time. So make sure to remind yourself when you're feeling stressed about picking colors or picking, you know, one specific thing that you love that multiple moving pieces can come together um, and it can all be fluid to work together. Yeah. And also you don't have to have like every little piece of like fancy branding material when you first start out. Like when I first started, I just had like a colored, like when I would pack my 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 products for Etsy. I just had like a colored tissue paper and like a little printed card that had my logo on it. And I used the same color for my logo and I use the same fonts in my logo. That's another thing. It has a lot of moving pieces, but you can make it really, really simple at the beginning. But now as my business has evolved, I have evolved that packaging to better fit me. And I've narrowed down my brand as I've seen what works for me in my business. And so like now I have like fancy branded tissue paper and uh, I just added on uh, wax seals to like my packaging. I got like custom ones from, from the company Artisair. And so all those things, you know, I didn't have at the beginning, but I'm still sharing kind of the same general branding. I'm just like expanding on it as my business grows. Yeah. As you're able to reinvest more money back into your business and you can't always do that in the beginning. I will share one of my favorite hacks with y'all and something that I still do, which is I purchased a custom stamp with my logo. And so instead of me printing thank you cards or ordering thank you cards in bulk, I cut the card stock myself and I use my logo stamp on the back and I bulk prep them. My process is not very specific. You know, I just pick up a stack of cardstock. I cut it into the size that I want. I then go through and I stamp the back and I just stamp a big stack that can fit in my container that I keep them in. And I do the same thing with my envelopes. I bulk prep my envelopes. So that way when I'm packing orders, I'm not wasting the time of going in. And it's so much faster when you get, at least for me, I realize like me doing a repetitive thing can really help me get it done quicker and be more efficient. If you can't afford to invest money back into your business right now and order custom thank you cards or custom tissue paper, like Mariah and I both have, keep in mind that you can buy a stamp. And if you can sell enough and prioritize reinvesting some of those profits into one custom stamp, Think about all of the things that you could do with that if you chose to. You don't have to individually stamp tissue paper. Uh, I know that's something that I would not personally do. Um, But if I felt like it, it's definitely something that you could do. So remember that starting small doesn't mean that you can't have a focus of your brand. Yeah. And coming from a branding designer specifically, if you guys don't know or you didn't, this is the first episode you're listening to, I... Uh, do wedding stationery and I also do branding design. I work with a lot of small businesses. My goal as a branding designer is to help narrow in on 
exactly what you want. So I send out like this giant questionnaire with like, you know, where do you see your business in five years? And what um, three words, if you could, if you had only three words to describe your business, what would they be? And things like that. And I can get an idea of uh, what that is. So I can do some of that like hard work in the back end because that can be really difficult to narrow in on for your business. But my goal at the end is always to, you know, not only have a logo that my clients absolutely love, but have kind of a guideline for how to go and move into the future with a lot of different files, different color options, just about anything. And I'm always there as a resource too, but I try to like share my behind the scenes a lot for my branding clients. I can give them an idea of like what things they could do with their branding. And I really want to start like an email list of some sort with my branding clients that like, you know, a month after I finish with their branding, they get an email that's like, here are all the things you can do with your branding, like blah, blah, blah. But I just like haven't had the time to sit down and do that. But that's the goal. There are a lot of different directions that you can personally go with your branding for your business. You could DIY it and do it yourself, but you could also outsource and hire a professional. We are going to actually do an entire episode on outsourcing your branding and why it's important and why it could be a great option for you. But we aren't going to be focusing on that in this episode because there's a reason we're making an entire episode about it. And it's because it is a loaded topic. Definitely. Definitely a loaded topic. (laughs) But the other part of this conversation around branding is why branding matters. Think about when you meet somebody or you go to a restaurant for the first time or you're trying out a new local store that opened up and think about how much first impressions matter. And then think about your branding and what you're sending to a customer if you're sending off a package. And obviously we all know that we can't control what happens to the outside of our package uh, after it leaves our hands, but you can control what the inside looks like. So, you know, how is the customer receiving what they are getting. And not everybody wants to have personalized tissue paper and a wax seal. Because if one of your competitive advantages is being affordable, then a customer might not be expecting that very personalized experience. But if they are shopping from a small business where things are handmade and there's a focus on the personalized touch, they're absolutely expecting that. And if they don't get it, then they might be a little disappointed. So you have to be thinking about how the customers are perceiving your brand and what first impression you want to make on them. I know we are mentioning a lot of product-based first impressions, but think about it with your service too. You know, the, the email that Mariah sends to branding clients, if it was in a hot pink Comic Sans font, they might think twice about hiring her as their brand designer. Oh God. <laughs> that even makes me, that, that makes me cringe. Just right. Right. It. It's literally like what nightmares are made out of. Yes. I literally have nightmares about fonts sometimes, but that's a whole other. <laughs> or if the survey that she first sent to customers was completely discombobulated and didn't really make sense to them, you know, all of these pieces that your client goes through, right? Look at it as the customer journey, because that's the technical term. And we should probably do an entire episode on that too. But think about the journey that your client goes through or your customer goes through from finding you on social media to watching your stories to the feed posts or the reels or the TikToks of yours that they see to the emails they get to the website. You have to think about the entire experience from the time they find you to the time that they purchase from you and receive what they've purchased, whether that's a product or a service. And all of these first impressions matter, which is why branding matters. So Mariah is going to go into a bit more detail and talk about why branding matters so much. So because today is all about branding and that's one of my specialties, I actually took Arlena's role and I found a definition that I really like online. Usually she's all about the definitions. I'm usually 
not, but I really like this <laughs> definition. Um, so this one's from studio1design.com. And they said in their website, um, branding is a cohesive combination of design, language, storytelling, and experience. Together, they combine to evoke a feeling quote, the vibe with your target audience to influence them to engage with your brand and ultimately buy from you. So that whole thing, the whole, the vibe, I actually use that word often with my branding clients. Like the whole thing, if I had to like put it in just two words, it's the vibe. It's not just your logo. It's not just your colors. It's the vibe, what vibe you want to present to your future customers. And that's the angle that I want all my clients to like go at it at. So if you are new or you're trying to reevaluate your brand, think about it like that. What vibe do you want to portray to your customers, to your clients, anyone? That's the whole basis of branding and uh, why it matters. So that kind of brings us into our kind of list that we put together of why branding matters. So the first thing is, is that your branding helps connect you with your customers and form that bond from the first time they see your branding. So like Arlena said, that first impression is very important. It needs to start there and move forward to form that bond and have a connection that creates a super loyal and strong customer base and a sense of trust between you and your customer or your client. Something that I personally really struggle with is narrowing down my brand colors. So I see a rebrand just slightly. I want to keep my same logo, but I want to do a little bit of a shift in my branding um, in the next few months. And it's something I've been working on and thinking about for probably the last year and just kind of slowly thinking of colors and the direction that I want to go in the future. But narrowing down colors specifically is something that's been difficult for me because especially as a creative business, it's so hard to pick, you know, one or two colors and only use those one or two colors. Whereas I I have, I think one or two primary colors. Most of you listening, if you know anything about my brand will recognize certain shades of blue is something that I use often. I also, for the last year and a year and a half have been incorporating a lot more of like a sage green, but there are so many other colors that I love. And that's something that it's a personal decision for me and the vibe I want to create for my brand on whether or not I want to narrow down those colors or if I want to keep them kind of expanded. But that's a great example where there are certain people that I follow online. And when I see a graphic in a certain color or a certain accent color. I know exactly who posted it because I'm so familiar with their branding or the fonts that they use. And I do love that in other people that I follow. And really an imperfect company on Instagram. We have been consistently using our color palette. I came up with our color palette like uh, eight or nine months ago. I hope that that's kind of as we start to grow, um, those colors become really representative of our brand. Yeah. It's been so cool to start a partnership with intention because when Mariah and I first started our businesses, we didn't intend to start businesses. We kind of stumbled into it. I won't bore y'all by retelling you the story because you can go back and listen to our introduction episode, but it's been so much fun to be able to approach building a business as two people with mindsets who already have existing businesses and building that cohesive brand from the beginning and settling on branding that we both love and submarks that we both love and figuring out what we want our vibe to be has been so much fun and so, so awesome. I'll just go ahead and get into our next bullet point on our list about why your brand matters. And it's because it helps tell your story. I'll go back to what Mariah said about the vibe because 
that is huge, right? We tell you all the time. I feel like it comes up in almost every episode that people don't just buy from your business, but they buy from you. And one of the best marketing tactics, whether you're talking about advertising, you're talking about PR, you're talking about branding, you're talking about social media is telling a story and invoking that emotion and making your business or the purpose that it serves personal and speaking to the client or the customer to make it personal for them as well. So that final bullet point is like Arlena was saying, the fact that it helps tell your story is very important. And when you have that professional branding that does tell your individual story, it really does build confidence in yourself and your business and helps kind of helps you feel more comfortable charging your worth. So we had a whole episode all about pricing for your worth, big proponents that you know, you are worth more. And so your pricing should reflect that. Branding can be a huge part of that. Having a super consistent branding experience. So not just your logo, not just a beautiful logo, not just uh, a consistent colors, but also beautiful packaging, for example, if that's part of what you want in your business, but you feel comfortable charging more. I, I feel that myself. And I am like a big proponent that like, if you have branding that you love and you're starting to get brand recognition just from your branding itself, you can charge more for your business. There's a lot more that goes into that. And we did talk about that in our pricing episode. Um, you know, when to raise your prices, our mini sode was all about that. Being able to narrow in on your brand can help you feel that confidence you need to charge what you want to charge. And having that consistent experience is going to kind of reinforce that for you. Or on the flip side of all of that, it could be the reminder that you need when you take a look at your brand and you look at what's important to your customers. It could be like the kick in the butt you need to be like, why am I wasting money on all of this fancy packaging when that doesn't at all align with my brand? So you can increase your profit margins by decreasing, you know, I'm going to refer to it as waste, quote unquote, because, well, one, it's something that I struggle with, which is why I try to use like sustainable packaging products and something that I invest a little bit more money into for my business, because a lot of it does get thrown right in the trash. And so if your business doesn't focus on that personalized experience, you know, think about Amazon. You don't complain when Amazon throws something into a bag or a box that's like 12 sizes too big for the item that they put in it, throws a piece of tape on it and it still shows up on your front door. The item is not damaged, but you never think twice about the fact that there's not a handwritten thank you note inside. But that's not always the same with somebody who's ordering from Etsy, for example. So whether you're looking to increase your pricing or you're looking to keep your pricing the same, but increase your profits by how you treat your business and what your client experience is, being able to refer back to your brand as the actual blueprint for what your vision is and what are the priorities in your business is extremely, extremely helpful. Yeah. And that's something like we were saying that evolves with your business. Like, I'll use my business as an example. I have two major pieces of my business. Well, I have like my uh, luxury design, which is what I would call, you know, my stationery, my branding. And then I also have an Etsy shop. So my packaging for those two things are completely different. I use the branded tissue paper, but I don't use my wax seals for my Etsy store because my profit margin isn't that big and it doesn't matter as much, but I still want to give, you know, kind of a nice looking package, but nothing compared to, you know, when I package up my invitations to deliver to a client where I go all out with 
tissue paper and, and only tissue paper and no extra packaging materials and wax seals and a letterpress thank you card and you know all these things. It, it's an interesting dynamic between the two parts of my business and that's okay. I have one set of like overarching branding guidelines that I use for my business, but the two separate areas have two completely different vibes. <laughs> To go back to that. They're two different vibes. And I like it that way because I I don't make as much money on Etsy. So I don't put as much of you know my heart and soul into packaging those products. But for the people who are spending a lot of money on me for their branding or their invitations, like, yeah, I'm going to put a lot of extra effort in there so then they know that they're getting something luxury. Yeah. You're creating an experience that shows others that it's well worth the investment, not only in the delivery of the final product, but in the personalization of the entire process from start to finish. With that being said, we have reached the end of today's episode. I know that this might have felt like a big overview of branding, but remember that was the point. We just wanted to talk about what a brand is and why branding matters. And like we mentioned, we're definitely going to do an entire episode on why it's important to outsource branding. But if you have other questions specific to branding, be sure to DM us on Instagram or shoot us an email at hello at imperfectcompanypodcast.com because we would love to hear your ideas and would be happy to add them to our never ending list of episode ideas. Yeah, you guys know that I would just love to talk about branding for like 15 episodes in a row, but we'll try to bounce around, but we'll get back to branding. Don't worry. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we will talk to y'all next time. Bye y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Imperfect Company Podcast. If you'd like show notes and more information on today's episode, go to imperfectcompanypodcast.com slash episode nine. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, you can follow us at Imperfect Company on Instagram and at Imperfect Company Podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to follow Arlena, you can find her at Bossy Brushstrokes on Instagram, and you can find me, Mariah, at MJ Creative Co. on Instagram. If you like today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. We'd greatly appreciate it. Our theme song is Clocks by Brasco. We can't wait to talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>